Welcome everyone to All About Windows Phone Insight Podcast 246, recording this on the 27th of February 2018. I'm Steve Litchfield and Rafe Blandford is walking the halls as I speak at Mobile World Congress in Barcelona. So in his place, we have Steve Heinrich. Hi there. Hello. This could get quite confusing with the two Steves. Luckily, there's not a third person on the podcast who will get confused by it. So, uh, yes. Um, by the way, thank you very much for your own podcast. I pointed people to the Pixel Swim podcast. I know you cover other topics other than Lumiers and smartphones, but there's always some nugget of interest. So, uh, yeah, well done. How's it going? Yeah, it's good. Uh, I appreciate you uh, posting on all about Windows Phone about it. Yeah, it's been interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. So uh, I appreciate everybody who's found me through AEWP. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to keep going as long as I can. So. Yeah, well, I think do think you have a podcast-friendly voice. Uh, I could listen to you chat about various subjects, and you, you tend to find things that are, of, you know, kind of interest to you. And usually, because you are a similar geek to us, then the things of interest to you are also of interest to us. So, uh, yeah, highly recommended. We'll put, try and put the link to the uh, Pixel Swim podcast in the show notes again, just in case. It all helps. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> now, uh, just a few stories to cover, really. Um, we'll try and keep this podcast fairly brief. Um, I entitled this one Microsoft USA, it's 2018 store and the new Lumias, by which I mean that Microsoft found some old Lumias that had been returned from suppliers or down in the back of a cupboard, and they put them up for sale on the Microsoft USA store, and they all seem to go within a, a, a few days, if not weeks. So uh, I guess it's all over now, Steve, but there were some new Lumias there, in, and in your continent as well. Yeah, I did see that uh, the other day when they posted it. Um I... <laughs> My first, you know, I thought they were clearing the cupboards and stuff, but chances, I mean, they're they're gone so fast. I feel like potentially that they've, you know, confiscated all the employees' phones and threw them up online, and they're just trying <laughs> to get every Lumia out. <laughs> that is a different conspiracy theory to the one I had, which was yeah, that yeah, I can't verify that at all. So. <laughs> I couldn't verify mine either as well. My theory was that uh, in the boardrooms they were had some big meeting coming up with a big company or big organisation who wanted to see commitment to Microsoft carrying on selling and supporting its own hardware. So as part of that, they wanted to be able to show a buy and ordering system page that was active for its Lumias, just so they could show it off in the meeting. And then, of course, the meeting's over, and now they've now shut it all down again. Either that or they really have sold out. And even though the prices were fairly high, Steve, I, I suspect there were a certain number of people who, you know, they had been just just missed buying the Lumias first time round when they stopped selling them mid twenty. 17 i guess um and so they thought well one last chance let's let's go for a 950 xl or a 950 yeah I, I noticed somebody in the comments of that article said that they got one so i'm curious to hear back if it was uh yeah. actually comes through and you know that it wasn't just a glitch somebody accidentally turned a switch on or something like yeah that. it would be awful if a couple of weeks time they get an email saying i'm sorry the item you ordered is unavailable but uh yeah we shall... I'm, I'm, we're, we're 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 rooting for you <laughs> absolutely we'll Let's stay optimistic. Anyway, it's all gone now. I do keep looking every now and then in the various Microsoft European sites for special offers, Lumia's reappearing, Alcatel Idol 4 Pro is being discounted. And if I spot another special offer, I'll, of course, post in the flow column on the site. Uh, another story, and Microsoft has adjusted its support timescales for Windows 10. This is kind of applying to the desktop, Steve. But if you look at the story on the site, it clearly shows that 
Um, back in the middle of last year, Windows 10 version 1703, that's the creator's update uh, for desktop, but you know, Windows 10 is common to all form factors. Um, it was at the, the end of mainstream support for updates and patches was listed as October 2020. And now, February 2018, the exact same branch is now listed at finishing October 2018, which is quite a difference, 42 months down to 18 months. And uh, at some point in between, they did quote 28 months, and I've been uh, co commenting on that in uh, various podcasts. So I, I guess this is understandable. When they started off with Windows 10, Steve, they had the plan for what the only Windows 10 you'll ever need, Windows 10 everywhere, we'll just keep updating it. But at some point, they had to be realis realistic and accept that they couldn't really support like three or four different branches all at the same time. So I think they've brought it down to 18 months just to keep the whole thing manageable, really. Yeah, um, <laughs> it just keeps going down. I, this The actual plan may be that they're trying to let everybody down very, very easily <laughs> a few months at a time uh, by by lowering the scale of, of support for these. So. Yeah, 18 months does sound about right for a six-monthly release schedule, though, because obviously Windows 10 on the desktop, it's every six months you get a brand new branch. So 18 months, i.e. they're con concurrently supporting three branches all the time. That does sound about right. And although if you dive deep into the links, he said frantically looking at his table, uh, branch 1709, full creators updates, that's all the, the modern Lumias and the Idle 4 Pro, etc., etc. Um, the end of service is quoted for the desktop at April 2019, but for te Windows 10 Mobile, it is still officially quoted at uh, October 2019, another six months. But I just cannot believe, Steve, that they, having finished support and patches and updates and kernel uh, tweaks for the desktop version, they think, hey, let's carry on working on the kernel and security just for mobile, for those, you know, the, the, the tiny percentage of, our, percentage of our resources. Let's carry on working on that and give them another six months. I think this is just paying lip service to that 24-month timescale and that in reality, we'll all stop getting updates for our phones in spring 2019. Yeah, I think you're probably right about that. In a kind of related story, Microsoft is also pulled back slightly on the insiders program and that the uh, there's now no way to go up from uh, anniversary update which was branch 1607 so uh, sort of autumn 2016 you can't now go from that um, using the insiders program to creators update or beyond which is unfortunate because it means that uh, for, for example things like the lumia 730 830 930 1520 and indeed the idle 4 pro uh, they all kind of uh, they max out officially at the anniversary update and there's no way official way to then get them up to the current branches of windows 10 mobile if all this sounds confusing look at the links of the show notes for my story but essentially steve it means that anyone who now hard you know, device recovery tools, their Idle 4 Pro, or one of those Lumias, 730, 830, 930, they then have to go through a somewhat convoluted process of making their phones pretend to be a Lumia 950 in order to get up to the modern version. So it's rather a shame they've pulled this Insiders program, but at least there are there is a way forward. Yeah, at, at least there's a, a hack way forward. I, I mean, this has been a way to get the newest build of Windows Phone for a long time, so yeah. it's unfortunate that they've the yeah, again, it's probably just down to lack of support therein. They don't want to keep builds and uh, provisioning yeah, I mean, lying around. A, yeah, only a few people <laughs> uh, working on it now, so it's probably difficult to keep up with everything. So. Yeah, it's just a shame for people who do use the device recovery tool because that sets things back to a point beyond which they 
after which they can't then officially upgrade to a later version. But as always, where there's a will, there's a way. I don't know if you can look at my tutorial, Steve. 18 steps involving registry entries, <laughs> command line windows. Nothing too scary for you, you, you and probably for me, but um, for the man in the street, that might be rather daunting. Yeah, uh, I did actually look through it real quick and uh, yeah, for me, I'm like, oh, you know, easy peasy. But uh, for the man on the street, it's unfortunate that this process is what they have to go through to to up uh, to <laughs> anytime you have to fake something. Usually it's, you know, it's an unfortunate thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I do advise people to fake the registry entries back afterwards because I just can, just can just picture some tweak for the Lumia 950 auto magically being applied to you know your upgraded lumia 930 and then breaking something so for goodness sake once you've got pretended to be a 950 and gone bang up to date pretend to be a 930 again just in case i, I don't want to be responsible for anyone's phone being broken again but <laughs> anyway i related to that say was the idle 4 pro which my mind i i heart i device recovery tooled mine just in the interests of science i took one for the team and took it right back from the very latest Full creators update, right back to anniversary update, just so I could prove all this. And happily, I'm right back up to date. I really, really, really hoping Microsoft doesn't say, by the way, Steve, could you just test the official update? We've now provisioned it and have to go through the whole process all over again. But um, anyway, hmm. um, now the pros and cons, um, which flagship to run Windows 10 Mobile? You can identify with this. You've got a Lumia 950 and you've also got the Idle 4S still, I believe. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so I was torn between the two devices. I thought, okay, I wanted to to move forward with a Windows 10 mobile device in spring 2018, i.e. in the context of you can't actually buy the Lumia anymore. Um, you can still buy the 4S, I believe, in America at a bargain price, and, of course, 4 Pro, 4 Pro in Europe at full price still. Um, so there's that factor in the Alcatel's favour, and it's new. It's got the faster chipset. It's got more RAM. It's got better speakers, better DAC. Um, against it, it hasn't got. It's got a worse camera and uh, hasn't got the placeable battery. But off the table and all the pros and cons, how would you wear it up for yourself? Oh, I definitely think the these in these days, I would say the the Idol Four Pro or the Idol Four S, uh, which is what I have, is probably better. I I haven't had hands on with the 950 XL, but uh, compared to the 950, it's the experience of it, even the camera. It, I'm willing to give up a little bit on. Uh, just because of the speakers and the the battery life is is much better. I mean, obviously the 950 battery is kind of wearing out a little bit now, but uh, that processor is a lot more efficient. Uh, I feel like. But even that said, so there are there is still some lag on the Idle 4s. Uh, it's not as much, honestly, as the 950. Uh, I think it's just not as optimized for the chipset, but. Uh, yeah, I definitely picked the 4S. It's a overall. It's just a nice experience. It's a nicer experience for me. So, yeah, and th that Snapdragon 820 is a bit of a championship set. Um, it's kind of a dividing line, even the Android world, like pre 820 and post 820. And there are all sorts of um, processes and functions within a modern smartphone that are actually part of the chipset. For example, the the DAC, the digital to analog conversion, which is what takes your digital music files and converts them to analog. Um, for then stuffing out through a headphone jack. And I believe, unless somebody can prove me wrong, that the 810, the 808 chipset in your 950 and the 820 in the Idle 4S and Idle 4 Pro 
Um, in all of those cases, the, the DAC is actually on board in the main Snapdragon chipset, and it was quite noticeable. I was doing back-to-back -back tests between the My950 XL and the uh, Alcatel, uh, and the Alcatel sound, although it wasn't louder, it had significantly better depth, better high-end, better stereo separation, just a better fidelity all around. And I can only put that down to Qualcomm improving things in the core ch chipset. So people don't often take that into account. It's not just about speed of the processors. It's about uh, the, ex the auxiliary functions like the DAX. Yeah, I definitely noticed the DAC difference. I have a very <laughs> cheapy pair of headphones that I use at night, and it even makes those sound a little bit better. So, uh, yeah, definitely a chipset. It's hard to beat it over the, the older uh, Lumia ones. So, yeah, I'm just building up your shopping list. I'll let's give you a shopping list every time you come on the podcast. <laughs> now, you say you did say you were going to get uh, yourself a 950XL on the cheap from Swapper or something. Did that ever go anywhere? Yeah, the search is still on. Um, I still haven't pulled the trigger on it at all. I feel like every time I come on here, I talk about pulling the trigger <laughs> on something. So. Uh, it's just not yet. Uh, it's getting harder and harder as time goes on to kind of justify it, especially with the idle 4S in my possession. So uh, I've got the 950, so I got the camera, which is really kind of all <laughs> that I have it for now. But yeah, And now we know you need to find yourself some decent headphones as well so you can get the most out of your Snapdragon 820 chipset. Yeah, so that that's on my shopping list. That I can I can handle that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Mobile World Congress is going on, as I say. Um, there's quite a bit being announced, obviously, Android-based, but these days you can run mo all your Microsoft software on it, not least your Microsoft Launcher, Cortana, and so forth. Uh, I was quite impressed by the Galaxy S9, Steve. Have you been keeping in touch with some of the MWC announcements? Uh, no, I've actually been super, super busy lately, so I haven't seen any recaps except for the, the Nokia recap, which I was the only thing that I took a look at, so... Yeah, the uh, Nokia 7 Plus looks like the star of the new Nokia uh, lineup. And uh, uh, interestingly, they brought back the the Camera Pro or Nokia Pro, how, Lumia Camera Pro, whatever you want to call it, the interface where you slide out your thumb from the right to left and you get the concentric rings for all the Pro controls. That's now come back. Um, so bit by bit, one by one, all the sort of Nokia features that we used to love three, four, five years ago, Steve, they're all coming back into Android via HMD Global in this new Nokia lineup, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, I've definitely thought Nokia uh, had the most in had a lot of interesting things uh, with their the Android Go phones and all that. But I mean, let's not pass up the Nokia eighty one ten too that they <laughs> that they redid the I think the banana phone or whatever it's they called it. Uh, I thought that was pretty interesting too. I, I think there's there's a market for that uh, for people who want just a you know, a standard, not a dumb phone, but, you know, just uh, a feature phone. I thought the idea of that particular handset being so iconic was from the Matrix. And in the Matrix, they had a version where you pressed a button and the bottom slid down like a like a machine gun going like a yeah. magazine locking or unlocking. <laughs> and, yeah, they uh, called it the Matrix phone for sure. So. Yeah. And then this version doesn't have the uh, the spring action, which is a bit of a missed opportunity. Yeah, uh, I guess if they're going to bring it back for nostalgic reasons, they should they should have done that. The uh, the standout of, uh, Nokia released at MWC for many people was the uh, Nokia 8 Sirocco, if I've pronounced that right, um, I'm, which is kind of high-end and uh, high-priced. I'm a bit disappointed, though, that uh, I thought Nokia was all about uh, high-end audio and, and even and headphone jacks, and I'm a big headphone jack fan. And they they this is the first of the new Nokia's to get rid of the headphone jack, which I'm rather disappointed by. So that one's out for me, Steve. 
yeah, it's out for it would be out for me too if I <laughs> if I was going for it. Uh, the headphone jack is. I don't think it's quite ready to go yet. So uh, it's unfortunate that they're following that trend. Uh, I wish they weren't, honestly. Yeah. Well, at least we haven't got to worry about that in the Windows 10 mobile world and every single handset sold or used to be sold is now available secondhand. They all have 3.5 mil jacks, but it is, a, as you say, a, a trend that I really am not enjoying at all. So yes, those are the, some of the Nokia phones that you can run your Microsoft stuff on. Um, I'm sure Rafe will report if he spots any Windows 10 Mobile or Windows Action or Windows relevant stuff when he comes back on the show next week. One other final thing that was uh, being shown off at uh, MWC, I don't know whether you caught my last phone show, uh, Steve, or whether you can Google it, but uh, the Gemini PDA, which I did a whole show around. Can you, are you aware of this? Yeah, I did actually. I saw the, your uh, phone show video about it. Yeah, does this this something that appeals to you? Because it's very much aimed at a sort of a, a use case for mobile technology that was prevalent people would argue in the 1990s and yet here we are again in 2018 yeah i for me personally it uh, doesn't i don't meet that niche that this is in uh i don't <laughs> i don't travel a ton i don't just write or answer emails or just you know use android apps so uh i i love the form factor i love the portability of it and and the fact that it kind of harkens back to all of those uh the, the Scion, the Scion PDAs. Yeah. Um, but for me, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's not exactly the most exciting thing. Um, it is cool. Don't get me wrong. It's a cool gadget. And definitely the, the one with uh, the cellular bands in it would be interesting to use. I'd, I'd like to play with it. But unfortunately for me, I don't think <laughs> it would work too well. Yeah, of course, it would. I think it appeals to all the people who used to like the Nokia communicators as well. The idea of having a phone which splits in half, opens like a clamshell and gives you a full keyboard and a full screen experience. But of course, that they used to run Symbian and this is all about Windows Phone. So I guess even there, we're kind of skipping a generation and going back too far. But yeah, I, I think it's, it'd be great for people who do a lot of writing on the move. This may not be you. It's probably not me anymore, but uh, certainly there are some, some some fans of that particular use case. Um, so watch this space. Um, and you can, of course, dual boot the Gemini PDA into Linux and, and even Sailfish, Steve. So does Linux appeal to you? Or do you do much programming? Uh, no, not through Linux very much. Uh, I, you know, every once in a while I'll test out an Ubuntu uh, install to do something that I can't do on Windows. But uh, it's it's nice that, they, that you're able to do that. I mean, that's a full operating system. So Yeah. Um, one final news item, uh, gdrive.net. Do you use this utility, Steve? It's a way of getting your Google services, or some of them, on Windows 10 Mobile. Um, I use it for uh, all sorts of stuff gets auto-uploaded to Google Drive from my from my different Android phones. Uh, it used to be Google Photos as well. They, uh, Google has changed something their end, and the Google Photos bit sadly no longer works. But you can still... Um, access your Google Drive and Google Documents folders and your, your auto backups all from your Windows 10 mobile phone, which I think is pretty cool. Do you, do you use G Drive? Yeah, I actually was using it. I did see, I saw the same message that you did, which I, I, I you know, it was unfortunate to see that because, I mean, over the years, I've, you know, there's a ton of ways that I've tried to integrate different Google things with uh, my Windows phone. So this was probably one of the, the biggest ways as far as backing up photos and, and all my drive documents and stuff like that to have access to them. It's, un, you know, I, <laughs> I luckily I back everything up. I kind of dual back everything up just because I switch platforms so often 
to from I, I do OneDrive and then I do I was using this to back up my photos too as well. But uh, yeah, like I said, I saw the same message and it's just always been a struggle to get Google services working uh, no matter which service you're looking at. So Yeah, Google does have this unfortunate habit of changing things without telling anyone. So uh, they lit- quite literally change an API or, or change an interface and uh, just, just roll it out. No, no, no notifications and people just wake up one morning and find things don't work or find things look different on their screen. It's it's rather frustrating. But we it's like a, a game of whack-a-mole. They keep breaking things and we keep trying to hack our way back in and sometimes we succeed. GDrive.net is a really well-written application. Though. I'm sure you will concur. It's just very pretty and very slickly done. Yeah, it's definitely very functional, and it's something you know. All these third-party developers are trying to keep up with everything that's going on. So it's definitely if I would, you know, I've, lately I've been paying that ninety-nine cents or whatever it is to to pay these developers because they have to keep, especially the the ones working with Google services, they have to keep up with those tiny little changes, you know, that can break everything. Yeah, uh, just one thing. I think we may have touched on it last week, but to mention it again. People all over the web, it really annoys me that they see a headline. In this case, the headline was, push notification services are ending for the very old Windows Phone 7.5 and 8. That was my headline. If you look at the same headline on most other tech sites, it's Microsoft pulls most push notifications for Windows Phone. The Windows Phone is dead or something. And it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, you're a you're a developer and you're aware of the, the, the importance of push notifications. But it's, is it completely fair to say that as long as they still work for Windows Phone 7.8, they still work for 8.1, and they'll carry on working for Windows 10 Mobile until about 2025, and no one really has anything to worry about. Yeah, uh, I I don't know much about the app development side of things, but um, yeah, it's, I mean, <laughs> another Windows Phone is dead article is just, you know, to me, those articles are just clickbait. You did it right by putting the version numbers, you <laughs> know, in there, because, I mean, honestly... That's that's the huge differentiator, you know. It's like one sentence into those art- other articles, and you're going to realize that you know they're kind of you you, you got baited <laughs> big time. So. Yeah, absolutely. And um, by the way, one last thing in the apps and games section of AWP, where you kindly helped us uh, format our, our banner images to the various directories, I'm actually uh, by popular demand, I'm going to refactor that later this afternoon, Steve. By the time people hear this podcast, I hopefully will have things up and running um we're going to sort the directory so just universal windows platform apps will have their own directory so people can just have the pure windows 10 mobile experience without any of those pesky 8.1 circular controls coming in and and having to endure switching between the two user interfaces i mean that i, th- I think that's quite important for me Did, would you agree that you can keep it all uwp and all windows 10 yeah, I've definitely tried to. Um, it, I mean, the only time usually I stray out of UWP is when there's an app that does a very specific function, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, you, UWP apps are, are where I'm at. <laughs> I, that's usually one of the top to my the top on my checklist when I'm looking for an app. So they're always nice to have. And it's really bizarre because when Windows 10 was first first came out, we were trying the first Insider build. We were all used to Windows Phone 8.1 at the time. And this interface that came in with a very, you know, hamburger menu top left and very stylized, very flat um, control icons, it all seemed very alien. I thought, goodness me, what are they doing? This doesn't seem like a phone interface at all. And indeed, in many ways, it was less usable in terms of thumb, thumb friendliness. But once you get used to the fact that these are pocket computers and there are two handed device, you hold it in one hand 
and you tap the screen with the other, um, the, that, that same interface has proved very scalable. And, and it's amazing. I'm actually so used to that now. It's quite jarring when I boot up a Windows Phone 8.1 app and it just looks looks old all of a sudden. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I miss that that styling. The But um, I, I think the u- the universal look of Windows on PC and on phone, yeah. uh, it, it fe- <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it. It just feels nice, you know, feels it just it, it's a really nice experience to have. Yeah. The, uh, in theory, Windows 10 Mobile uh, UWP apps, they can be as usable because you've still got a control strip down the bottom, just that it's usually within a panel or a bar. Um, and you've and you've got the main navigation aspects up on that hamburger menu, which I agree is not optimal top left. But that does mean, as you say, that you can then use the exact same interface, a familiar, get familiar with it to use it on your Surface Pro or your desktop PC, your Windows tablet, whatever else. Um, and it all just looks consistent and familiar. And, and I, I love that aspect. I've got a Surface Pro here and I, I love booting it up and, and flicking between the different applications, knowing exactly where I am because it's identical to my phone. Right. I think the biggest thing for me and what initially drew me into Microsoft's uh, phones and devices was was the interface. Um, it's always felt even now with, win- with the Windows 10 mobile updates after Windows 8.1, uh, I've always felt that it it feels a lot uh, lighter to the, you know, uh, n- not necessarily like under the hood, but like visually, it's just kind of a breath of fresh air from iOS and Android. So. Uh, it just it just works for me. I don't know. I, I don't know how to explain it. It's just it's it's a nicer interface. Yeah, certainly the old. Think about Windows Phone, say seven point five, and then even eight point one on older devices. Think of a Lumia eight hundred, for example. I mean, I was sorting out old phone cases and chucking them in the bin or giving them to charity yesterday. Yesterday, and it was amazing how small the, the screens were on phones from sort of twenty eleven, twenty twelve. Uh, just as stunning how small our smartphones used to be. And when they were that small, you could have an interface that was 100% optimized for holding it in one hand and operating it with your thumb. I think just once you get to about a five-inch screen, five inches plus, you've got to have some kind of interface which makes more sense for a two-handed experience. And I think that is what Windows 10 Mobile uh, works well for. And I I certainly have no problems using my my current devices, 5.5-inch and 5.7-inch screens. Actually, a really good point uh, as far as the the sizes of the phones going up and the interface changing with them. So, uh, you know, didn't really take that into account. But yeah, that makes sense. It's really bizarre. Sometimes I pick up the Surface Pro and you know you you're running a, a UWP app full screen that you normally use on the phone, and it's so tempting to just wander around with it, kind of balancing it in one hand as a whatever it's an 11, 10, 11 inch phone, <laughs> which is crazy, really. <laughs> and of course, it's insanely heavy. But there has to be a, a middle ground, and that's perhaps where Surface Mobile will come in. At some point, yeah, yeah. fingers yeah. crossed. Yeah, do, do you think uh, autumn 2018 is when we might see this mythical Andromeda? Uh, I don't. Uh, my hopes are are have been dashed for for a while, so uh, <laughs> I <laughs> I can I can hope. What little bit of hope I do have, hopes sooner rather than later. So yeah, I was saying all through last year, it'll come in spring 2018. And of course, it's now spring 2018. But then, as with Microsoft, things usually do slip, and things which are promised for one branch then get pushed to the next branch. So, if indeed this folding phablet, Andromeda, Surface Mobile, whatever, is indeed tied to Redstone Five, I think it might be then. Then that would be would be uh, autumn this year. So, uh, I, I'm, I I think we might see something before Christmas anyway. I think you and I for Christmas as a present will be rocking a folding Windows Ten phablet. 
<laughs> let's hope let's hope that we are yeah anyway I, I said that to people i would keep this podcast brief we'll have mr rafe blanford back on next week this was just a bit of chit chat to keep people entertained and thank you very much for all your comments on the site there uh, people listening out there really appreciate reading through them and responding to them and not too many of them are trolls and hopefully not too many of my comments are provocative but uh, thank you anyway for visiting and for commenting uh, th- th- thank you very much to steve for coming on all right thank you for having me again yeah and we'll uh, catch you next week on the podcast